You're listening to episode 56 of the Mad Chatters podcast, October 21st, 2015. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. My name is Derek, and I'm joined by my fellow host, Jeremy. Don't dream it, be it. And Matthew. Matthew's back this week. Yay. Hey! It's so good to be back. You don't have to lie, Matt. It's okay. <laughs> no, it is. It's wonderful to be chatting about Disney with you mad chatters Chat. very good you forgot our name it's been so yeah. long <laughs> it's just forced now just yeah. don't don't even bother yeah but no we're really glad to have you back and one of the things i'm very curious to talk about has to do with you because i know that you both went to jock Lindsay's hangar bar the new restaurant in disney springs not too long ago and i'm really really curious to hear how that was so tell me how that went how that happened well, well uh, yeah that's how this story started well <laughs> The, we the weren't. curious part is how we got to Jock Lindsay's in the first place. So. It was unplanned. Um, the original plan was Matt and I were going to go to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Um, now, I live in Miami, and Matt lives in Central Florida. And uh, I really couldn't miss a day out of the office, so I said, oh, it's a Thursday night is the Halloween party. I'm going to drive up that night meet Matt for the party, enjoy the party. He, he had gotten a hotel room and then I'll get up early on Friday and drive back to Miami. It's like three hours, but I've done it before. I'm still young enough and stupid enough to do things like that. So let's do it. So I started driving up to, um, Walt Disney world on Thursday evening, well, mid afternoon, I guess. And I got about an hour away. It was about five 30 and I got about an hour away on the Florida turnpike and my tire blew out. And so I had to wait there. And the thing is, if you've ever been on the Florida Turnpike, like between what's called Yeehaw Junction and um, Orlando, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh, that's a real thing? That's a real thing. On the sign it says Yeehaw Junction. But between like Fort Pierce, Yeehaw Junction, and Orlando, it's about like, I don't know, 80 miles Have you or seen so. the, uh, the, little, the little map of Florida for Floridians? Uh, yes, I have. But I didn't study it. So the north, the Panhandle says rednecks, and there's other things like Northerners and blah blah blah. And in the middle of Florida, where we're talking about, it says more rednecks. That is exactly uh, where Jeremy so was stuck. <laughs> but the thing about it is, like, the only thing that's there is the Turnpike. Like, there's no towns. There's no like gas stations. Like, the only rest stops they have are in the middle of the Turnpike. They have these like places where you can stop to use the bathroom with a couple of restaurants but they're like every 50 miles like it's not even like every corner so i'm on the side of the road and i'm trying to call for help and the lady's like what city are you in i was like no you don't understand ma'am i am nowhere near a city like this is the middle of nowhere as far as florida goes i mean this is the the middle of nowhere anyways long story short i finally got the tire changed it was a long stressful night um, but I was still only an hour away from Walt Disney World. Thankfully, we were able. Matt got a refund on his Halloween ticket. I got mine transferred to another uh, future party whenever I decide to go. Oh, that's nice. 
Yeah. So I just said, Matt, why don't I just come up and meet you and we'll go do dinner. So we got up, I got up there and, uh, tell me you were wearing a costume at chocolate. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Dang it. I was hey, actually, yeah. Our at chatters t-shirt. Our journey uh, really didn't even end there because we decided when, when once he got there and we were like, well, where do you want to go? Cause it's like nine o'clock and like, where do you want to go? Or like, we tossed around a few options and decided to try our old favorite spot, Victoria Falls Lounge uh, at, at Animal, Animal Kingdom. Kingdom we got like to the Animal Kingdom Lodge in there, sat down in the in the lounge and waiting on the, the, the guy to come and take our orders of food. We couldn't find the food in the, the menu. And so we asked the gentleman, you know, do you still serve food here? And they were doing something with their kitchen or something to where they were only serving like three food items. Uh, one was like a bread and like dip thing, and then it was like two other things that were just non-substantial, like so cold like, items. Yes, yeah, so we're like, oh, okay, well, bye. <laughs> we'll go somewhere else. Yeah. So. so we got in the car. We're like, let's just go to you know Disney Springs yeah. or downtown Disney. Let's just try to see if we see how crazy Jock Lindsay's is and see if we can even get in. First off, when you walk into Jock Lindsay's, it has the hangar feel. I don't know if you've seen pictures online or not, but it, it's it's smaller than I, what I thought it was. Like, pictures online make it look big. At least I thought so. But you walk in, and it really is just very tiny. Yeah, just a little hall. Yeah, but very well-themed. You don't have to have a reservation. You don't even have to put in your name. It's just kind of come in, and if you find a seat, sit down kind yeah. of a thing. So we got a seat kind of in the back. And uh, I'll let Matt talk about what we ordered. So it wasn't that cra- you found the table pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah was, There was a place in the back corner. Uh, now I mean, this was a, a Thursday night right. in October, so you know, not a Friday or a Saturday or or anything. Um, Jock Lindsay being the pilot, right? The pilot yeah. from the Indiana Jones series, or just the first movie. I don't know how. Yeah, prominent he's featured. not prominently featured at all. So it's just kind of like here's a little Indiana Jones bone for you. But the whole feel of the restaurant. Obviously, as a hangar where uh, airplanes go, but <laughs> it's almost like um, explorers kind of lodge feel. You know, lots of little artifacts everywhere, and little shrunken heads, and maps, and very rustic aviation adventure land kind of feel. Very nice. So we sat down, and uh, we just decided to split three. Well, they all all they serve as appetizers. It's not like you know main course stuff, but um, lounge food. So we um, decided to split three things: the pretzels. Which were served on like this, like a stack of little round pretzels, more like little thin donuts almost, as I recall, right? They weren't mm-hmm. like twisted like pretzels. No, um, no they were like donuts. Just round. They came with like a beer cheese um, mm. dip, a white Which beer cheese. Was delicious. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. good. And some other kind of strange horseradish mustard. Oh, yeah, mustard. Yeah. And Okay, so we're eating this, and I'm dipping pretty generously into the beer cheese. And then I decide to dip equally as generous into the horseradish mustard and lit myself up. I mean... <laughs> That's that kind of... It just kind of like... <laughs> so cold in your nose, it's hot. I don't oh, know. I just no. felt like my sinuses just started like to... Like when you get too much wasabi, you know, in your soy sauce. Yeah. And my eyes started to water, and I got the cough going on, just that... <laughs> Oh, oh, trying to clear it out. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> I love pretzels. But um and these were good. I mean they were bready. The th- they had a little they had a little like um sprinkle of, of stuff on top of them. There was like sesame seeds, maybe some poppy seeds, but they also had caraway seeds on it and and 
Carraway seeds, carraway, carraway seeds have a very distinctive flavor to them. Hmm. These weren't like traditional, like buttery, fried tasting pretzels. They were more like just like rings of bread, you know. Oh, okay. And if you've ever had rye bread, you ever had rye bread before anywhere? Yeah, definitely. It's that's what rye bread tastes like. It tastes like caraway seeds. Is that kind of a? I don't even know how to describe it. Um, but that's all I could taste, and, I, and that kind of turned me off a little oh. bit. I mean, some people like it. Jeremy didn't have a problem with it, but. Um, I couldn't coat it up with enough beer cheese and the other thing to make it go away. So mm. that was one down part to me. And plus, like I was saying, the pretzels, it was more just like a ring of bread. It didn't have that kind of buttery, salty thing you experience you want with you know, pretzels. So I think they just should revamp their pretzels and not put the caraway seed on it and just give people regular old salted pretzels yeah, and yeah. better. Okay. I like the pretzels personally, and I would order them again because I really like the beer cheese. You just ordered that to go. Just give me a, a shot of the beer cheese, and I'll be happy all night. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they came out on this little kind of like a wire airplane. Oh, airplane. I saw a picture of that. That's right. Yeah. That looked cool. It was cool. So on either end of the wing, they had a little bowl for the pretzels, and then they had them stacked up on this little tower in the middle. Very cool. So that was nice. Uh, then, well, not really the next item. We ordered them all together. But the uh, other thing, one of the other things we ordered was the um, the tacos. And I can't remember what the name of them was. It was something themed, you know, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones or whatever. Um, but they were little little fried. Um, not Don't think like crispy tacos from the Taco Bell, like an actual fried tortilla. So it was a little puffy, a little flaky. Oh. Um, and it was falafel on the inside. And I really didn't even pay attention to what was on the inside until we... We got it, and it was falafel, which is just like ground-up chickpeas with herbs and spices. And then they – like hush puppy, except Middle Eastern style, and they fry it. And so I had that and lettuce and a little cream uh, sauce on top. That sounds really good. Delicious. Yeah. I loved them. I they thought were they good. were so good. They were good, but they were a little – I felt like they were a little dry. Like maybe a little more of the sauce on top. I just poured a little beer cheese on it, and they were fine. <laughs> the flavor was good, though. Yeah. <laughs> just pour that on everything. <laughs> and the last thing we ordered was the uh, the wings called Laoshe's Revenge. Mm. Why they're called that, I don't know. But it's um, it was like, I don't know, six or eight chicken wings that were tossed in like a uh, supposedly kind of Asian sweet soy sauce kind of thing. Um, I thought these these were... These were good, but I thought they just tasted like like kind of regular old buffalo wings. Yeah, there was nothing special about them. This was definitely my least favorite. I didn't really think they had any had. Asian flair to them at all. Hmm. But uh, but they were good. I mean, it was chicken wings. Okay. Uh, that we were yeah, I had I had been since we were thinking about going to Victoria Falls. I was all souped up for those chicken wings there that were delicious. But um, these were good. Overall, the experience was great. Uh, you, you know, the, the ambiance adds a lot to it that, um, you know, you're just going to get some, what I would call a little above average lounge or bar food. But the ambiance is great. The atmosphere is great. Uh, it's kind of dimly lit. Uh, it's small, but, you know, if you don't care about the ambiance on the inside and then, you know, sitting in there, especially around this time of year, they have a outside porch that wraps around really the whole side and back of the building. Cool. So there's lots of lots of seating possible if you want to sit out there by the water. Uh, that might be nice. So overall, you'd say good addition to Disney Springs? 
Yeah. Okay. Wonderful addition. It's over there in the landing area right by um, the Boathouse restaurant. Mm. Absolutely a good addition. And I I think I'll go back. I really enjoyed it that much. It just seems like a good place to go and just relax. The same thing with like Victoria Falls. I'm all about those nice places that are quiet. And again, I didn't feel rushed to get out when we were no, done. not at all. It's uh, not like a restaurant feel that way. So it's really nice. Very cool. Uh, I think something that could be added is a little, I don't know, was there any music? I didn't hear any music while we were there, but Just kind of some general, I don't know, Indiana Jones era, you know, swing, big band. Kind of relaxed, though, not like really energetic, but would add a little bit to it, I think. But Disney Springs is coming along really nicely, and I'm yeah. excited to see what the future holds for Disney Springs. Definitely. Uh, while we're talking about food and while we're talking about coming along... Let's talk about some news items that are going on right now over at Disney World. We kind of alluded to this last week, but uh, Tortuga Tavern in Magic Kingdom and the Pecos Bill Tall Tale Inn and Cafe, I think I got that right, mm-hmm. uh, are two restaurants in Magic Kingdom, and they both debuted new menus over the last couple weeks. Kind of funny because Tortuga Tavern, which used to serve kind of Tex-Mex-ish food, now serves barbecue. Um, Your typical barbecue sandwiches on Texas toast. And then Pecos Bill, which used to be kind of like a burger joint mostly, is now (laughs) Tex-Mex. So they kind of did a (laughs) flip-flop there. But uh, really from from top to bottom, an overhaul of the menu. It's an odd thing. See, my wife, I always liked the burger at Pecos Bill. Yeah, I remember that. My wife enjoyed the uh, taco salad. And for a while they served the exact same taco salad both at Pecos Bill and tortuga tavern and she liked that but then it disappeared from both menus and then this happened i don't know i think it's weird i mean i, I kind of get the tex-mex thing going on and at pecos bill but i think barbecue also works well there i don't think barbecue works at tortuga tavern that's weird totally agree like american style barbecue like if it's gonna be like roasted chicken and stuff like that and ribs i can see but it's like straight up american like baked beans coleslaw that pulled pork yeah, yeah 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 it's very strange I guess they're trying to up their quick service game a little bit. I don't know. It could because it needs it, especially when you come back from Disneyland and you have such wonderful quick service options and then you go to Magic Kingdom and you're like, oh, you know, Burger that's price. all we have. Yeah. I didn't know that since the last time we recorded, you all became Disneyland snobs. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying that it's noticeable. Yeah. Why don't you just move to California? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I like the change and a lot of people have said it's kind of the same at least they, some of the menu items seem to be reflective of things found at uh, Rancho Dell whatever that is in Disneyland and I like that idea they have bingle barbecue still not even close or is that is that at Disneyland or is that Disneyland Paris where they have bingle barbecue that's Disneyland yeah it's like skewers that would be great at Tortuga Tavern like skewers shish kebabs things like that but you're right I don't get the American picnic barbecue happening at the pirate tavern (laughs) well because everybody knows when a pirate is done looting after a long hard day he loves nothing more than a smoked brisket Mm. on a slice of texas toast yeah (laughs) (laughs) with some with some potato salad and corn on the cob i think they should have kept it that whole little corner there is you know from all the way from the end of Pecos Bill wrapping around there is Caribbean Southwest Tex-Mex all that kind of stuff is kind of hodgepodge together I just think Pecos Bill even though it's in Texas you know it makes more sense that barbecue is there totally and keep the kind of the 
Caribbean Mexican food over at Tortuga Tavern. I mean, it just makes sense. Tortuga is a Spanish word. <laughs> they should just sort of serve turtle soup. Come on down to Blackbeard's Pig Picking. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. Maybe maybe they'll realize their theming flaw and change it, but yeah, I doubt I it. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, it's open like a third of the year anyway to Tortuga Tavern, so it's not like anyone... I wonder if this means they're getting rid of the wonderful toppings bar at Pecos Bill. No, they've upped it. They've got guacamole on their toppings oh, bar. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be like a, it's like a Moe's kind of thing going on there. Kind of, yeah. They have a bowl of refried yeah. beans. Like, no, maybe not beans. I know they had guacamole. I was like, wow, all you can that eat guacamole. That was the best thing ever is the burger and then like grilled mushrooms, grilled onions on the bar. That's good stuff. You're a family who used to bring in ham and cheese sandwiches and then go to Pecos Bill and load it up with lettuce and tomato. <laughs> now, my family did not, but when I went with our good friend Jamie and 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 Matt Matt Goodwin, that is exactly oh, what no. we did. Ham sandwiches topped with grilled onions and mushrooms. Didn't mean to offend. <laughs> I was just kidding. Gross. And the cheese sauce. <laughs> oh yeah, that used to be on there. May it rest in peace. Clamp it. Clamp it. Go to Disney. Let's head out of Magic Kingdom and go over to. Uh, Hollywood Studios. Last week we talked about the wonderful Club Disney that is opening there between Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror. But we forgot to mention two other things that are opening. Yes, believe it or not, things are opening at Hollywood Studios. But, but after you hear what they are, you'll <laughs> exactly. wish they weren't. <laughs> Before you get your hopes up. Uh, the only two things that are opening now are previews of other things. They do this from time to time. They preview upcoming films. And one that they are previewing now is The Good Dinosaur, the upcoming Pixar film. But oddly enough, it's not where it usually is, which is in the ABC Sound Studio. It's over in the One Man's Dream Theater, which I found odd. Which means that they are not showing the One Man's Dream film currently. That also means that One Man's Dream will not be returning, and it will be closing. No, they've officially said it's coming back. That's what they said about... Well, they didn't say that about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my favorite thing ever was Twitter blowing up about this and people posting the picture of Walt with the animatronic dinosaurs from the 1964 World's Fair and calling it One Man's Dinosaur. Oh. I mean, hilarious. I was yeah. rolling. But it is sad that the film is gone. It, it's weird. I mean, it is coming back, like I said. But it's it seems strange to walk through an exhibit about Walt Disney and then be forced to watch a good dinosaur sneak peek. But, I mean, unless you walk through the theater and out the other doors. But anyway, but the reason they're showing it in that theater is because the ABC Sound Studio has its own preview going on. And this is even stranger. It's a preview of the album We Love Disney, which is um, a cover album, basically, of pop stars like Neo and Ariana Grande doing covers of Disney songs. This sounds atrocious. They can this put that sounds- in a, like a ninja blender. And just, like, pulverize it and then drink it. Like, who thought that was a good idea? Like, who's... I want to be in that meeting where they're like, listen, we got this new CD coming out, and we really want to promote it. What if we show the behind the scenes? People would love to sit and watch that. No. Mm. No one wants to see but that. People don't like, want this in the first place. I mean, unless I'm just completely mistaken. This is going to be like, this is what they play in front of Phantasmic every, every oh, time. Oh, you're right. Oh, my goodness, Yeah. I bet they do start playing it there. Yeah, I won't be buying it. No, I just can't imagine like what this preview is going to be other than like Ariana Grande being like, 
I love Little Mermaid as a girl, so I'm really happy to be singing part of your world. Look at this stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and like... It's like the like, uh, country does Disney, but it's yeah. like... <laughs> but like, what more can this offer? Like, there's nothing more of substance there other than the, the, the pop singer going, I grew up really loving this song, mm-hmm. and then showing like a 30-second clip of them in the studio, like singing it. Right. No. I mean, what What is the appeal? Bring back Drew Carey. I mean, goodness gracious, that's better than this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we asked for new things at Hollywood Studios, and we got it. So it's almost as if Disney is out of step with, uh, and, and they don't need to be in step with. They, they, they're almost- out of step with pop culture. It's like a church trying to, you know, <laughs> we got really cool music, hip pop music on Sunday morning, and it just it's, stinks. It's like a- <laughs> Like this, whoever's running Hollywood Studios these days, it's like they went home to their 13 year old daughter and was like, yeah. What do you want to see? Oh, you like Ariana Grande. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, we'll put that there. No, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make yeah, sense. I agree. No. Well, let's talk about a preview that people are going to be excited about, and that is the premiere of Star Wars The Force Awakens, which technically opens on December 18th. But Thursday, December 17th at 7 p.m., they've been, they, they're starting to sell tickets for a special premiere at the AMC Theater there in Disney Springs. It's $95 per person. But you see the film. You're one of the first people to see the film. After that, you head straight to Hollywood Studios and you get a private after-hours party there until 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, where you'll get to experience the Star Wars launch bay, the Star Tours attraction, and, of course, a DJ dance party. Oh my gosh, oh, uh, this crap. <laughs> you get they are becoming to, <laughs> the kings of these ticketed events. You get a preview, the new fireworks spectacular that will be part of Star Wars um, Season of the Force. But you basically get to do everything that people are going to do anyway. But you get to do it first. Yeah. You're encouraged to come dressed in a costume, showing allegiance to the light, light side. Oh my goodness. Showing allegiance to the light side or the dark side of the Force. Is the light side even a thing? <laughs> it is now. They're called Jedi. I think that's just the regular side. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's racism. Oh, and you get a commemorative <laughs> souvenir event ticket. You can do all of these things eventually. Right. You, you can see the film at midnight in your own home at your theater. Then you can, you know, people that are here. Probably already have annual passes. Go ride Star Tours. The launch bay will be open. You can see the fireworks. This is a, this is stupid. Listen, I'm not going to go, but I will say Star Wars fans are going to really, really enjoy themselves. Oh, no, they are. And uh, bravo no. Disney for thinking of another way to I ticket mean, something I, you can do already. I'm a Star Wars fan, and I will see the movie on the opening weekend. Oh, definitely. And probably when I'm done watching it, I will want to ride Star Tours. And I will want to be immersed in that kind of... Uh, atmosphere. I, anyway, I'm that kind of a person. Like as, as soon as they announced Star Wars Land coming, the first thing I was like, I, I thought was, I want to get to Hollywood Studios and watch ride Star Tours right now. Like that just amped me up. So I understand the appeal of, hey, we just saw this movie, it was incredible. Now let's go to Hollywood Studios and let's. But I think, as Matt said, this is all stuff that you can do down the road. Anyways, what if they, they really hate the movie? Then the party's gonna suck. But for me, I want something unique at this. If I'm going to spend $95, let me have some unique characters. Let's have some unique kind some of food items. Something that's not going to be during the seasons of the Force. That's only going to be available that night. I'm yeah. willing to bet that the after hours party at Hollywood Studios means they're closing the park about the time the movie's ending. That way, it's 
only open to people who saw the movie. And I'm guessing they will probably have characters there. It sounds like, though, the park itself will not. The whole park will be open? Well, all they did specifically announce was Star Wars, Launch Bay, and the ride. Yeah, it sounds like, hey, Star Tours, and there's this dance thing, and then the That's Launch Bay. Exactly when I went for Star Tours 2 opening, how they had it black, blacked off. Backed off. <laughs> help us. <laughs> blocked off. Just that section of Hollywood Studios where you couldn't get um, past, like, the Sounds Dangerous area. There was uh-huh. uh, things set up. So it's probably all going to be contained right there in that area around Star Tours. But still, you had a good time, though. Oh, yeah. Th- but that was fun. But it, I would definitely not pay $95 to do that. Uh, well, anyway, well, let's move forward to Christmas time. And this is the last piece of news we have. They have announced the lineup for the Candlelight Processional. Jeremy, I know you've been to this, right? Love it. I try to go every year. Have you, Matt? Wonderful. I've been twice. Once a long time ago and once last year. Do you remember who narrated it when you guys were there? My time last year was Edward James Olmos. Oh, that's right. I... I saw Edward James almost last year too, and then I. But I've seen Trace Adkins, I've seen Neil Patrick Harris, I've seen Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, well, Whoopi and James Edward James almost are both coming back. The, but the new names this year are America Ferreira. Oh, yeah, I like her a lot. Uh, Chandra, 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 Chandra <laughs> Wilson, or you might know her as Doctor Bailey on Grey's Anatomy. Daniel, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to put a box or something because she won't be able to see over the podium. Aww. They have the hydraulic podium they can lower it for her. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Um, Daniel Day Kim, who you might know as Jin from Lost. Others! Others! <laughs> he, I, I wonder if want him to read it like, like uh, yeah. Jin before he learned English. <laughs> and then <laughs> Meredith Vieira. All people with ABC ties, of course. But Yeah. I try to go see the Candlelight Processional every year. It's one of my favorite things. It is so well done and just so wonderful. And uh, the narrator really can make or break it. So, you know, pick somebody that you think will be good. Like Trace Atkins was a dud. Well, like, he, he just, he's not coming back. So Okay, good. Um, Edward James Almost or whatever his name is, he's, he read the story like this. <laughs> and they found the babe lying. In a manger, <laughs> like he sounded like the movie guy. Yeah, I think I talked to this last year on the yeah, podcast. Maybe so, yeah. But um, anyways, it's a lot of fun. Go see it; definitely worth it. And do the dinner package. Last year was the first time I did the dinner package, which gave you you can either get it lunch or dinner. Um, plus, then you get priority seating for the candlelight. Totally worth it. It's only like twenty dollars more than what you would already spend for a meal, and. Like I said, you don't have to worry about waiting in the the standby line. You get the better seating for the candlelight procession. Totally, totally worth it. The other piece of news I just wanted to share because I think our listeners, this will be important to some of you who are having a trip to Walt Disney World in the first half of 2016, and that is Soren will be closing. Yeah, why are they doing that? They can't leave one theater open? That was my thought, but I'm assuming they're probably doing a lot of updates and maintenance on it as well in the process because they're converting it over to Soarin' Around the World, which I imagine is updating the projection as well as some mechanical things involved with that. I'm, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. So that that's a big deal. It is because uh, the whole thing is going to be down January 4th. It closes. And I don't think they said it's going to open until what, like June, May? Yes. It just said summer. 
summer okay so it could be all the way through august but um so if you're planning a trip in the first half of 2016 be mindful of that that your epcot day is probably going to be affected yeah do not book your fast pass for soren <laughs> well i'm pretty sure they won't let yeah. you but, <laughs> um, but that's going to affect all the lines because really the two major draws at epcot are of course soren and test track and so all that's going to be yep. heavy on test track now as well as the other attractions as well so it's true it's a good point It's been a while, so I think we're going to do a round of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this time we're going to turn our eyes to the half of World Showcase that we have not touched on, and that is World Showcase West, I think is what we said. And these are, the countries are American Adventure, or America, Japan, Morocco, France, United Kingdom, and Canada. So, Jeremy, I want to hear your good first. What have you got? Okay, this was without a doubt the hardest good, bad, and ugly that I've ever had to do because I just love this half of World Showcase. I mean, love. And so I had so many to pick from. But my good is in the Canada Pavilion the waterfall Mm -hmm. um, that's in the back. And the reason why I chose this one is because it's just aesthetically beautiful. I mean, the rock work back there is wonderful. And the waterfall, really, when you get down there and you're like standing next to it, it's very overwhelming how big it is. And the second thing I love about it is here's this beautiful water feature that you have no idea is there unless you purposefully Mm -hmm. go back there. And to me, that is so Disney. Like, off the beaten path, something done with excellence that is not necessarily a main draw. And so I just love this area. I love to kind of just standing back there and reflecting and just enjoying the uh, ambience of the moment. And so it's a good spot. Yeah, that's a good one. And it's also nice because, like you said, people don't really know it's there. And so it's never crowded back there. Or like you can always get a good picture without people walking in front of the camera. Definitely. Yeah. Like yeah. That whole little thing is nice when you have to climb the stairs and it's like a little village up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the trees. Yeah, it's all a nice thing. And the lanterns. Lanterns are nice down there and along the little wood boardwalk thing. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what part of Canada that's modeled after. I would assume that. All of it. But... Oh, maybe, yeah. All, yeah, all, all Canada of it. looks exactly... Canada is one giant waterfall. Wild wonderful. That's what Martin Short wants you to think. Sorry. I'll go next. I totally agree that this was the hardest good, bad, and ugly we've done so far because I wanted to do like good, good, and great, or like great, great, and good. Uh, but we'll, I guess we'll get to the ones we had to choose later. But for good, there were so many, but the one I stuck with is over in America, and it is the Voices of Liberty. I feel, I mean, I've talked about them a billion times on this show, but I just love what they bring to Epcot in general. And uh, especially America, like you want to be proud of your country's pavilion. And I feel like I can sit there and like look around at the foreigners around me and be like, yeah, that's America right there. That's right. (laughs) We sing that well. (laughs) Everyone here. You mean the funnel cakes out front don't do that for you? Well, the the turkey leg and the absence of a table service restaurant. (laughs) I could only pick one good, you guys. So I went with Voices of Liberty. Um, 
Now, are they still only performing out in the theater, or are they back in the rotunda? I really don't know. I don't know. Oh, haven't okay. checked them out recently. I should listen to a Disney podcast. They might mention <laughs> that somewhere. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's funny that a few years ago they came to Disneyland and did it in front of, I want to say... Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did it inside the theater, like on the stage. Yeah. Um, And then they took him away after just a few months. And everyone was like, but we really, really like that. Why did they Oh, come? see, I thought they didn't like him. Called see, like, I... Hates America in California, right? Oh. <laughs> I thought they didn't like him just because they didn't quite like get it like they were like okay thanks of course i i was probably just judging by a few like complaints on the disney fanboy twitterverse so oh. everything i saw was positive but i mean i'm it sure might have been well seen. i'm, I'm sure, sure there was a few of them that had something to say mm-hmm. there always is all right matt my good is the um i guess you just call it the moroccan bazaar so not the well, the whole pavilion is wonderful, but I was trying to narrow it down, and the the best I could do is once she passed through that gate, um, you know, there's the one gate right there, and it's got mm-hmm. the big lantern hanging down, uh, and then you have that whole back section where restaurant Marrakesh is, and you can weave in and out of the shops, and they actually have like um, like market sound effects going on from the windows above, like people talking and camels and donkeys and things, and. Uh, it's just a nice little immersive area that I don't think any of the other pavilions really have hmm. something like that. I feel like it's probably the like closest as far as space goes, so maybe that's maybe you just hear it better because the walls are close to you on either side. Maybe. Know. But yeah, that's good. Morocco's nice. Yeah, and I like that one open air shop that has the, actually that whole area of shops there has like skylights. So it um, it feels like you're outside kind of the whole time, even though you're kind of going in and out of buildings, mm. looking at the various things that nobody will buy. Somebody buys them, I'm sure. You can buy a Fez there. Yeah, next time I want a bottle of rose water, I'll go to Epcot and buy it at Morocco. Fezes are cool. Yeah. That was a little Doctor Who reference. Oh. Okay. Uh, bad. Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Okay, bad is not bad and bad, meaning bad. It's bad, meaning it could be improved. I just always feel like we have to give an explanation. Totally, totally. Because okay, because we're not giving up our cool name for our segment. That's, that's so original. right. <laughs> so my and bad. And we, we spent all that money on the rights to the song, that's so right. we have to keep the name. Well, you can fix bad, but you can't fix ugly. <laughs> there you go. That's the perfect explanation for it. Um, because my bad is the hedges. In the United Kingdom. If you go into the United Kingdom Pavilion, there where like the band plays, which I forget the name of the band now. It used to be British Invasion. What's it now? I don't know. Something Anyways. Road. Isn't it like a road? A Something. name after a Beatles song? Abbey sure. Road. But Maybe. like right there, those, there's like these hedges and they're not very high. They're just like to an adult, maybe they're like waist level. But to children, you know, they're a little taller. And I've only seen kids like running in there and playing. But it's like this whole like maze of hedges. Mm-hmm. And I've always looked at that and thought that could really be cool as far as like if you let it grow bigger and actually been like a maze for adults to go through as well or some kind of a weaving way through there or whatever. Um I don't know. I just think they could really improve the gardens there. Hmm. Because that, again, another nice little spot that's off the beaten path 
that you got to go out of your way to find. And it's really kind of cool because I love going back there and getting away from the hustle and flow of Epcot. And it really, even though it's just maybe 20 yards, it's so quiet and secluded back there. So, anywho. Is it Paris where they have the Alice in Wonderland hedge maze? Hedge maze, yes. They have the giant floral Cheshire cat up there. Yeah, you could do that. Oh, my. No, there's, I, I, don't think there's enough space I was just about to say you couldn't do something like that, but <laughs> no, I don't think you could because it's there's not enough space there. But I feel like I don't know. I just feel like they could do something cool there. Hmm. Like, see, I almost said, I almost said, for my bad, almost said that whole Buckingham Palace. Uh, it's not even a facade; just the building that's supposed to represent it. I did too. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't put it down. I didn't steal no, yours, did I? It, I put two things down. That was like my runner-up. And I was saying, I don't know why they wouldn't like use all that area and make like a bigger representation of Buckingham Palace, and then make it almost like a, I don't know, like a walkthrough kind of exhibit or something. Oh. But, Isn't that the sporting store, right? Sportsman. Yeah. Shop or well, it's like all that. connected, so I don't know well, what, which true. where it stops and where it. You know, but I starts. think if you walk through the front door of that facade, it's like a sporting equipment store, or like you know for. Football. Uh, yeah, but what's the fa- Chelsea Rugby, and stuff like cricket. that? Cricket. Oh, you're um, talking about people. Football teams. No, no, no. <laughs> Chelsea is a team. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that either. Anyway, um, the Chelsea Clinton store, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the reason I I almost put that is because I love when you first walk in. Like if you're coming from the other side, that's not kind of. I guess that's like the gateway right there. Um, then it's like a quaint little British town. Yeah, Almost like, like the, something in Lord of the Rings, like the little cottages. But yeah, then you turn the, the corner. The yeah, yeah. And you turn the corner, it's that giant facade that's like from a different century or a different part of the country. And yeah. uh, I mean, I get it. You want to showcase as many parts as you can, but I would be okay if they just kept the whole little British village theme going. But yeah. Anyway, no, what mine really was, and this is kind of a cop out, but it's the Agent P's. Uh, World Showcase Adventure. Oh, yes. I like that they have something there, uh, but I think it should be more informative. Like, okay, what's the... It's Wilderness Explorers, I think, is the thing mm-hmm. in Animal Kingdom. And we only did a few stops, but, like, you genuinely learn something. In fact, if you don't learn something, you don't get... You don't earn one of the badges. And so... It's and a rule. It really is, like... <laughs> you gotta learn this, children, or you lose. Th- that one girl wouldn't give us the badge until she told us, like, three facts about butterflies or something. <laughs> But Agent P's World Showcase Adventure, as long as you go to the right spot, then you have to then you have to watch like a two minute clip and just stand there on these 1990s cell phones. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like they could do so much better with that and make it informative. What's what's the word? Uh, edutainment. Do they even do the kid caught fun stops anymore? I think so. Yeah, I think you well, and you used to be able to like color a Duffy bear at each place. I didn't know if those were like. Um, replaced by those interactive things. No, mm. no. These the 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 phone thing is like has nothing to do with those fun stops, but they've used things there like props and stuff when in each uh pavilion to do the it was stupid. I hated it. it we we didn't make it through a third of it probably before giving up. Oh well. Missed opportunities. So what's your real bad, Matt? Or was that it? Oh, no, the first thing that came to mind, no questions asked, was, um, I don't even know what the name of this group is, so forgive me, just those blasted drums in Japan. Aww. I don't find that, 
I don't find that entertaining. Hold on a second. I'm going to agree with you because I don't know the name either, but a little bit of that goes a long way. Because you can hear it clear across the lagoon. Yeah, and they go on for like 15, 20 minutes. And yeah. I get that it's a talent. I get that it's a culturally relevant thing. But, you know, you can only take so much of boom, 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 yeah, yeah. boom, boom, And boom, you, boom, if you ever sit there and watch it, like my mom, my mom's one of those people that her favorite thing in Disney World's World, World Showcase, which is understandable, but she likes to watch all the entertainment. And so I remember we used to stop and I was like, oh, mom, you know. <laughs> And at first, everybody's kind of gathering around to watch, and they're like really interested in like, ooh, look at that big drum, look at that, whatever. You know, after like five minutes, there's people start to kind of trickle away. <laughs> the people that are left are like looking at their watch like, mm, okay. <laughs> and then in between, you know, like yelling at you, because <laughs> it's not like with drums you can be like i love this song let's stay just for one more it just sounds like one long song you know? I don't know. damn that I'm, one could... thing they did with the with the the drum and the cymbal i love that one you could change up the beat a little bit or the rhythm yeah. or something like the blue man group i mean that's really they're like the, the asian blue man group you know because they're just over there banging but at least the blue man group they kind of switch it up a little bit well it's you know what it reminds me of is those is the the lame happy birthday marches in hibachi restaurants. You know, oh, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. when one of they bring out the one drum, like happy birthday <laughs> to <laughs> you. Happy. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Uh, that's a they'd probably find that a little offensive. You compare them. Well, they're the ones doing it in the restaurant. Like this is our culture. <laughs> we just hang no, I mean the the drummers in Japan would be offended if you said they were just as good as the people in the restaurants in America. Yeah, I'm sure they would be. But that's all right. We we've offended so many people on this show. Like, what's one yes. more? Get in line. That's what we tell them. Get in line. That's what we call it. The mad chatters. Everybody's mad. Yes. Oh. All right. Time for ugly. This is something that needs to go. And this was hard for me. And you're gonna judge me, but I'm gonna say it anyways. The thing I'm getting rid of is the red phone booths in the UK pavilion. And I'm going to replace them with blue police call boxes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my word. People would be... Doctor Who. People would be more excited to take a picture with the TARDIS than they would with a red phone booth. So, TARDIS all the way. He acts like he's such a fan. I mean, I like the show. (laughs) All right. I actually am really surprised you said that. I thought you liked those phone booths. That was judged. You were judged. <laughs> I mean, I do like them, but I think I've always said they should put a blue phone box in there, and it's very British. Okay. Don't uh, you get to the Ministry of Magic with uh, the red phone booth? In the uh, books, yes. Yeah. But and in the movies, no. In the movie, it yeah, does. In the movie, it does it, too. You flush yourself down the toilet in the movie. That's to get... Okay, that's the workers. If you're a visitor, you use the phone booth. Yeah, yeah. Hagrid does it. They all do it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've, I've, Everybody's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been trying to flush myself down a toilet. No wonder. I've been doing it wrong. Okay, we've officially <laughs> revealed our nerddom on this show. Um, okay, so my ugly is something Matt alluded to earlier, and that is the atrocious quick service restaurant in the American Adventure. It's called, <laughs> uh, oh gosh, Liberty Inn. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's an embarrassment to America. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> I yeah. want a restaurant that, I mean, I don't know what they would have, but something that makes me walk in and be like, this is my country. They could make a really nice two-point signature dining, just like contemporary American cuisine. Mm-hmm. Like the wave. 
Yeah, like nothing on the nose, like Liberty Tree Tra- Tavern or anything. But right, right. You know, just the only way to make Liberty Inn worse is to have Kim Kardashian <laughs> be a waitress and Miley Cyrus be the live entertainment. Yeah, yeah. that would make that would make it that worse. would make it worse. Yep. And <laughs> Honey Boo Boo <laughs> as the hostess. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I forgot Matt likes her. Um, but even, like, the way the building looks, it's just so unappealing. Isn't it one big room? Like, it's just so unappealing. It looks like a big cafeteria or a big, uh, like, mess hall or something. It feels like a screened-in porch. Yes. It, like, here's oh, my our, gosh, it here's does. Here's annex. You can eat in there. <laughs> <laughs> it really does, the way all the sunlight comes in. Yeah. They used to put a gingerbread house in there. For Christmas and time? For Christmas time. No, for 4th of July. Well. <laughs> and uh, so the, for Christmas time. And it, was it, was, a, uh, it was a gingerbread of uh, Fort Sumter. <laughs> it was just like the gingerbread house at uh, Grand Floridian. And you could go in there and get your gingerbread treats and all kinds of things. You but just tear off a window or a, a shingle. So wait, was Fort Sumter the Revolutionary War one? Who knows? Sumter was Civil War. That's where in yeah, South you're Carolina. Right. You're right. Never mind my comment previously. Okay. Mm. Mm. All right. What's your ugly? Lord, I forgot we were even doing this anymore. <laughs> my ugly is Impressions de France. I don't enjoy that show at all. Actually, I enjoy the music, but the music is not original. It's 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 like a congl- actually it's just one WC piece. I think I don't know. I like the music for it, but I um. The theater's nice. They could do something in there, but um, the movie's old. Yeah. You know. Jeremy, do you remember the first time we saw this? We'd just gotten back from France. We were like, this is going to be so great because we're going to see uh, so yeah. many places we recognize. And it was so underwhelming. First and only time I watched that was with you guys at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was very underwhelmed, but people love that show. Man. Yeah. I, I like how it starts out where it's like, my France comes to life like the narrator like he's very like dramatic sounds you know like what i'm talking about that i just remember the music and the guy riding bicycles with the bread on it oh my france we oui, oui. oh, oh. you. <laughs> you have it memorized yeah <laughs> uh yeah that was not my favorite but like i said fans of world showcase would like riot if that went away, I don't. That's the thing about Disney fandom is that people latch onto stupid things. Like, why is that like the thing you're healed to die on? Is <laughs> impressions de France? Who cares? Like, oh, they wow. even have shirts. This is why we can't have nice things because somebody will make us think about it. Impressions day. <laughs> we stupid we. head. Ah, oh, good one. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> As you might know, right now, going on over in Epcot is the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. It's going on all the way through November 16th, so if you're headed down soon, be sure to go over there and check it out. Uh, We've been there several times, the three of us together, and have checked out the many food booths and wine booths that have been uh, set up around World Showcase there. So I think we should talk about 
some of the food items that have been announced for this year's festival. And we're each going to pick five items that we have our eyes on. Uh, maybe we'll get to try them, maybe we won't. But these are the things that kind of popped out to us the most. Uh, first of all, before we start, I want to ask, and I think I know the answer, but did either of you happen to watch The Chew when they were at Epcot last week? I did not. I did not. However, my mother is a fan of The Chew, mm. and she updated me daily about what was going on on The Chew at Disney World. <laughs> so I felt like I watched it. Matt, I get the feeling it's a show that you hate. Am I right or not? No, I don't mind it. Okay. I just don't have time to watch it. Okay. Because, you know, the, the hosts are, like, very bubbly. Like, that's the point. They tried to get hosts with personality. I like all the hosts. Okay. Some of them are America's Top Chef or, Mer- yeah, America's Top Chef. Is that the name of that show? Just Top Chef. Carla? Top Chef. Yeah, yeah. her and uh, Michael Simon I like. And I yeah. like the, uh, the old Mario guy. I used to like his show on Food Network. So Yeah. I- I, Top Chef is one of my favorite reality shows, and so I love Carla. And so when she came on, I was I think excited. I was thinking of America's Next Top Model. <laughs> <laughs> she was not on that. Yeah, no. With like, she was like holding up a steak in the pictures. <laughs> you know, them models, they ain't had a steak in a long time. Yeah, that's true. So. No, um, but this is the first time I've ever watched The Chew, but I made a point to see it just to see what they were doing over in Epcot. And I fast-forwarded a lot, but they did do two segments that I thought were really cool. They On the first episode, the very first episode, they sent one of the guys to, I think it was Michael Simon, to Living with the Land. And Like, how many times does that ride get a shout-out on national TV, you know? But he went back to the gardens and was, yeah. like, pulling plants off the, and, like, eating them fresh off the, you know, vine. And they were talking about all the eggplants and stuff. Did he get arrested? No, no. There was someone. <laughs> <laughs> sir, remain seated. Remain seated, yeah, sir. There was a cast member with him. Uh, I understand. Yeah, that yeah. But he, uh, oh, my gosh, he he raved about it. He was like, it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. So, Living with the Land is going to have long lines this week. So, oh, prepare yeah. yourself. Yeah. Get that fast pass. <laughs> <laughs> no don't well don't. you have to because there are only so many you can get uh, yeah. but no the other thing they did was uh, they sent one of the guys to Morimoto Asia which is the mm. new restaurant that opened in Disney Springs yeah. and wow that food looks incredible I feel like they had one of every item on the menu just to try it they had a table full of, of menu items and it looked amazing so I can't wait to get down there and try it anyway that was the chew um, but let's go ahead and get into our list. So who wants to start with their, with one of the five items they're looking at? I'll start because mine is actually one that I ate. Aww. Because Matt and I were there a couple weeks ago, and we indulged a little bit at Food & Wine. Not as much as we have in the past, but uh, this is something we both had. And that was the Korean barbecue short ribs with steamed rice and cucumber kimchi in south korea or at the hey, south korean i don't think we got the rice and the kimchi with ours i just realized that too i don't think we did either we got ripped because... off hey but look, those things just mentioning it makes my mouth water a little bit it's good they were really good very tender meat um very good whatever the sauce was uh the barbecue sauce or whatever it was in very uh well, Matt probably can describe it better than I can because he is a foodie, and Sweet I'm not. And smoky, mm. smoky, yeah, yeah, definitely very smoky. But uh, it was good. Soy sauce and stuff. Let me ask a question: When you guys go together, do you always order the same thing? We do not. Okay. No, I tried this- a few things. Jeremy just said, "I'll just get whatever you get, you know, here." Or whatever. At this, 
the, Matt had already tried a couple things, I think. Yeah, you'd already tried a few things. And I really wasn't hungry, but I could tell if I didn't eat something, I would have been hungry later. So when he said, I'm going to South Korea, I said, well, I'll just go there and get what you get because you've researched this better than I have. Yeah. But I did get something else, which is going to be the next thing on my list that you did not get, which I think is better than the ribs. Oh, so all of your list is things you've had already? No, just the first two. Oh, okay. Uh, one of mine, I've, I've only had a few things at Food & Wine. I feel like when we've gone in the past, sometimes we just kind of skip it. I don't know why we did that. But uh, anyway, uh, number five on my list is something I haven't had, and it is the lamb meatball with spicy tomato chutney over at the New Zealand booth. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds really good. I'm a, spi- I'm a sucker for spicy things and for meatballs. <laughs> so mm. the best of both worlds. Going back to your question, I think a lot of people maybe feel overwhelmed when it comes to food and wine because if you're not prepared for it it can be a kind of an overwhelming thing it's like sure. if you just walk into epcot and you're like oh i'm gonna go to food and wine and then you start realizing how many booths and how many options and how many things there are and you're like but i don't know what to get should i get this or should i get that or you know and you could almost you you you're like okay i'm gonna take one walk around world showcase and kind of scope it out well that's a mistake a lot of times because you're like oh i'll try that oh i'll try that oh i'll try that and then you yeah get back and you're like I you remember know. the time we went i think in 2012 i just like used all my snack credits in that one day and got like five things <laughs> see that's like what we lunch. should have done the first time I that was worry. that was the best thing because you because you already paid for that and you're getting a a good deal because a lot of these things are four to five dollars. Uh, you could easily go around and spend a hundred dollars trying these little things. Yeah, if you're really not careful. Because well, the short ribs in Korea are five dollars. Yeah, okay. just in case you cared to know. It's about average, I'd say. The first on the top of my list, just I think for the interest factor, is the traditional haggis at Scotland with the uh, um, what do they call them? Neeps and tatties. Neeps and tatties. <laughs> Neeps pretty, and tallies. Neeps and tatties. 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 I'm pretty sure the tatties refers to potatoes. And neeps oh, are okay. turnips. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, so everything in Scotland is named by four-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that neeps and tatties. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks interesting. I've always, you know, heard of haggis, and you know, it repulses some people, and the people that have tried it love it. So. Um, I think it's a sheep stomach, right? That they have. I think it's like it. three different parts of a sheep, isn't it? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I don't know. They take the sheep stomach and everything is cooked in it. Right, right. I think what usually turns people off is when it's served as a, you know, here's the stomach with all the stuff in it, and then they slice it, you know, and it looks like a meatloaf almost on the inside. Okay. But um, from the pictures I saw, it's already, you know, the stomach lining is gone. It's just the inside. Oh. And it's sliced and it's laid on top of the vegetables or whatever. So it's not like, here's a slice of stomach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to try anything, but it's the stomach skin that's still wrapped around it where I'm usually like, oh. I really don't even know how to describe. I've read, you know, different people's recipes. I've read the Disney description. And it sounds like it would almost taste like a... Um, a little bit of like a sausage because there's like a, a few spices and like carrots and all these kind of things ground up with meat and okay I don't know it sounds interesting to me and I've never tried it and I'm an adventurous eater so I was going to check it out that sounds right up your alley yeah yep. all right number four um, the next thing on my list is something else I had and that is the roasted pork lettuce wraps with 
with kimchi slaw. Mm. These were amazing. Um, first off, it says lettuce wrap, so I was expecting a lettuce wrap like what you would get at your local P.F. Chang's or something like that. Uh, it was not. It was – they had lettuce, but they almost like just put the lettuce on the bottom and then put everything else on top of it. <laughs> so you couldn't even eat it like a wrap. You just kind of had to grab a fork and I will and tell you in. that this is um, – I guess this would be number two on my list because as uh, Jeremy and I were going through the, the Korean – pavilion together you know and i ordered just the short rib he ordered the short rib and these lettuce wraps and while we were standing there waiting on them they were making his and i thought they were like putting just like the garnish on top of the short ribs and i was like that looks really good they're putting the kimchi on there and they had like a, a little bit of like sriracha mayonnaise going on top i was like, this looks really good and then they said lettuce wrap i was like oh it's just a lettuce wrap <laughs> he was really disappointed so i um, really want to try this too hmm. they were really good mm. really really good if you like lettuce wraps which i do so i enjoy <laughs> was it chicken or was it just vegetable pork, pork. It was pork. Oh. Um, you're obviously a fan of kimchi as well as what i was gonna say that's one of my favorite things ever yeah i couldn't tell you what kimchi is but uh, i like napa it. cabbage like the kind of you know the cabbage that looks it's long it's not the bulb. It's the long kind. Huh. And they just rub it down with all these spices and peppers, and then it's basically pickled. A very Asian thing? Yeah. It, was it stinks to high heavens, but it's delicious. Korean. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Um, my number four is over at the Dominican Republic booth, which I think is fairly new. I don't recall seeing mm-hmm. that. These had some good things. Yeah. The pescado con coco, which is seared grouper. And then it has pigeon peas, rice, and then it's smothered in a coconut sauce. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's a, I'm a sucker for anything coconut, but like whether it's savory or sweet. Yeah. So for this, that sounds really, really good to me. Fruit goes well with fish. Yeah, it really does. We ate at some fish restaurant out at the beach, and they put the thing out with a slice of hot banana on top. Mm. And I thought this is going to be terrible, but it was delicious. Yeah, and you see like mango a lot. Uh, like yeah, mango no. tilapia and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, my number four is um, this is very basic, but I've never tried it, and the people the way people rave about it um, makes me want to, and that's the corn chowder at uh, the Canada Pavilion. Is it corn chowder? Yeah. Uh, wait, corn chowder. Oh no no no, no. cheese Not soup. Corn chowder, the cheese soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever Canadian the soup is, they're talking about cheese. all the time. You can get it in La Cellier, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's one of the reasons I've never like tried it because i can get it there but i never eat there and i probably won't eat there so <laughs> i guess i should just go try it yeah it I've sounds kind of bland to me but it, i know it's not going to be i'm picturing like the like the melted cheese sauce they like, used to serve yeah, on the pretzels like so just some velveta <laughs> oh i pray it's better than that uh, no i looked up the recipe one time because disney parks blog released it and i was like i've heard only good things about that if it's it had got in it then uh it has alcohol and so many ingredients i was like forget oh, this yeah. mess i am making that i need to try that you should you you would make it but anyway yeah would. Okay. <laughs> i mean would. i need to eat it i don't want to make it i might oh. make it. <laughs> oh yeah you live closer than i do it's probably easier <laughs> for you to just go over there and eat Still it eat it all right, let's get to number three. Number three. Uh, I'm going with the to the Belgium booth, and I want to try the potato and leek waffle with beer-braised mm-hmm. beef and smoked Gouda cream. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big 
uh, sweet and sour mix or sweet and savory savory mixer um, as far as like when foods go. But we had the waffle one time over at, or I had the waffle at the um, Sleepy Hollow, whatever yeah. that is. With the the chicken there, mm-hmm. the, the was it buffalo chicken or something? Just, mm-hmm. It just said spicy chicken and like arugula. And I really like that. And so I think I would like this as well because it doesn't sound as sweet. I mean, well, it's that's a like a waffle. savory waffle, right? It's got leeks in it. I was gonna say, yeah. I bet the waffle is not sweet. Oh, okay. You could probably. Well, it's got leeks and potatoes. Yeah, that sounds, sounds really good. good to me. And if it's at Belgium, you know, it's going to be a good waffle. Or mm-hmm. at least, at least it should be. Because that's what they do. It's true. I have been to the actual country of Belgium and had a waffle in Belgium. Do they have waffle houses in Belgium? <laughs> oh, no. And it was wonderful. They waffle don't. house. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like going to Australia and being like, where's the Outback? Yeah. <laughs> no, Y'all got blooming onions? <laughs> they don't have those? Oh, my gosh. I'm never going back to Outback again. It's not even authentic. It's ridiculous. Or, you know, going to China. Where's y'all's Panda Express? <laughs> yeah. P.F. Chang's. Um, okay, mine's actually not a country. Uh, this is back to the Chew again, but they have their own special booth, which is called the Chew Lab, and I think they use like scientific weird things to make their food. Um, and their dessert, they use liquid nitrogen, and it's mm. a liquid nitro chocolate almond truffle with warm whiskey caramel. I am Ooh. all over that thing. I would tear that down. I'm pretty sure. That's that. That was one of the first things that jumped out at me. That sounds really good. I need to look up pictures of these now that I'm thinking about it. I'm that, sure they're that out is there. Very smart of Epcot to have them have their own booth because I bet you there's a lot of people that watch that show that now would consider coming to Food and Wine. Yeah. You mean like middle aged single women? Yeah, yeah. You know, like people in other parts of the country that they're like, or maybe they never even knew Food and Wine existed, but now they're being exposed to it and say, yeah, I'll go to Disney next year for that. That sounds good. That was one of the reasons I kind of enjoyed watching it was because they were out in front of Epcot. Like, I don't think they were even inside the gates because you could see the monorail go behind them and then World Showcase was behind that. Or not World Showcase. uh, uh, Spaceship Earth Earth was behind that. So I think they were, like, outside the front gates. Um, Was the monorail going, like, across? It was going across. Maybe they were in the the bridge. Well, and right behind them were the the floral um, topiaries of, like, Mickey and Minnie in the World Showcase Huh. Or the food and wine signs and stuff. Anyway, um, I liked watching it because, like, Epcot doesn't get a lot of stuff like that. When shows go to Disneyland, no. they're always in Magic Kingdom or Disneyland. You know, mm-hmm. to, yeah. the fact that they were in Epcot was really cool. Well, they're capitalizing on the foodie exactly. revolution. Exactly. Both with this and the Flower and Garden Festival. That's like packing their gates for six months out of the year. Yeah. Might as well. Yep. Um, my number three is that what we're on right now. My number three is uh, the tuna poke from the Hawaiian Pavilion, and I only remembered this like when we were about to start the show. Is that I actually ordered this in 2012 when we went, and um, as I recall, it was good. Tuna poke is just like raw chunks of tuna, uh, and then they dress it with sesame oil and soy sauce and green onions and sesame seeds and I don't know. I love sushi and I love tuna in it. it Wasn't there good. seaweed in it? Oh yeah, there's a little seaweed salad on the bottom. Yeah, yeah that looked disgusting to me. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> we don't judge things by how they look. Uh, well, I just feel like I know what I like and raw fish, raw fish is not something I love and I've had seaweed salad and it was maybe the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. 
So that's not going to be something I ever order, Cyber but cast. more power to Derek you. Derek will not be pokeing that tuna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not even a joke. I don't even know what that means. It was like a Fozzie type of pun. Waka! All right, mine, um, mine number two is the truffle oil. Hold on. Yeah, anything with truffle oil. You, got the it. you don't have to complete it. We're, we're, we're on board. <laughs> wild, uh, excuse me, Le Cellier wild mushroom beef filet mi- oh, mignon yeah. with truffle butter sauce. Oh, yeah. I, I had this in 2012, too. Now, this delicious. thing is $7.50. Like, it's a piece of steak. Yeah. It's a piece of steak. I know. That's expensive, though. I mean, it's pretty uh, substantial, as I recall. Okay. I'm just saying that, like, you know, little... usually you think four or five dollars about oh. this thing, you know, full scallop sized medallion. But I, uh, I think it sounds delicious, and I'm not a huge steak eater, so. Are you small steak that... eater? <laughs> <laughs> I only eat small steaks. Yes. Uh, no, but this just sounded good to me. It just made my mouth water just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Mine is over in Australia, and it's the grilled sweet and spicy bushberry, which I do not know what that is. What's bushberry? Anyway, it sounds like something unpleasant. Well, it's, it's <laughs> I, I don't know, but it's dingleberries. <laughs> I have not had a berry I do not like yet, so I'm, I'm gonna go with it. But it's actually grilled sweet and spicy bushberry shrimp with pineapple, peppers, onions, and snap peas. I think we just need to call it dingleberry shrimp. <laughs> okay, dingleberry shrimp. Australian dingleberry shrimp. Yep. That sounds like something Australia would call something anyway. It does kind of a dingleberry. That's not Australian. You can probably order that at the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> probably can. But... <laughs> yeah. But it's grilled shrimp. It's sweet and spicy with pineapple and peppers. Like, everything about that just sounds like the perfect comp- combination of flavors in my mouth. Um, my number two was originally the lettuce wraps that, that Jeremy had already mentioned. But I'm going to go to one of my honorable mentions, which I was trying to remember what it was. And it's the Lechon Asado from the Dominican Republic booth. Uh-huh. This sounded good to me. Yeah, because I've had the Cuban version of lechon asado, and that's lechon asado, and it's just like a slow roasted pork with lots of good garlic and citrusy stuff on it, pickled onions, and anything like that is good. And um, that's not really like I'm trying something because I've had that before, but it would be just something I'd get to enjoy. Mm. So lechon asado from... Dominican Republic is my number two officially now. Okay, all right. Um, am I the only one who's picked a sweet so far? Yeah, I'm not okay. big into sweets. Oh. I'd probably get one sweet at every booth if I could. <laughs> last last time I got that, uh, oh my gosh, what's it called from Morocco? Bak- baklava. Baklava. Oh my word! Yes, yeah. I'm savory Perfect. and you're sweet, and Jeremy is sour. <laughs> He's gummy bears. Yeah. That's sweet. Yes. We all just compliment each other. Sorry. Perfect. Bunch of jerks. Uh, my number one is from Australia, and it is the grilled lamb chop with the mint pesto and potato crunchies. Pesto. Mm. I enjoy lamb, mm. and I saw a picture of this, and it looked good to me. It actually looked like the lamb, at least the presentation did, that we had at um, – or that I had at Napa Rose. As far as bone in, you know, just a, a piece there with the surrounding mint, 
pesto, whatever it was. And uh, anyways, it looked good to me. I had no idea you were that big of a fan. Well, I mean, I'm not like a huge fan, oh. but I enjoy it every time I have it. Mikey oh. is a Doctor Who fan. <laughs> right, casual. A casual fan. I mean, now look, I really have no idea. I'm just jumping on the wagon that Derek started. No, no, no. I, I, I'm not, not believing you. I'm just now impressed that our chef clearly knew you pretty well if she gave you that lame chop, you know? Yes, and just for the record, I have watched every episode of Doctor Who since the 2005 reboot, plus numerous episodes of the classic uh, Who, so bite me. All right. Yikes. Number... And I've met two doctors. Two doctors I've met in real life. I, I assume you're talking about Doctor Who characters. People that play Doctor Who? <laughs> yes. Okay. See, Doctor fans would know who I was, what I was talking about. So, Right. Number one for me is over at Mexico. Mexico. And it is the Chilaquiles de Pollo. Mm. I have no idea if I said that right. But it's... Uh, it, the Okay, the description makes it sound really, like, boring. And, like, I made it with my grandma in the kitchen. But I did see a picture, and it looks really good. It's corn chips <laughs> layered with seasoned chicken, queso fresco, sour cream, and cilantro. Yeah. Um, so it sounds, you know, kind of almost like a casserole, like a Mexican casserole. Or it just sounds like nachos. No. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't care. It sounds really good to me, and I love Mexican food. So typically, like chilaquiles is when they take a tortilla or something, or tortilla chips or corn chips or whatever you want to call them, and they like soak them in sauce. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense because when I saw the picture, I didn't really see what I pictured. Either like red or green sauce. It almost looked like rice, but yeah. I assume it was soaked corn chips. That makes a lot more sense yeah. now. It is like. Dip them in there, put them on the plate so they're still crispy, but they got sauce all over them. Okay. Chilaquiles de pollo. That was the one and I most want to try. Since you insulted your grandmother, or I guess you won't be making this together this weekend. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't listen. We're good. <laughs> Podcast? <laughs> My number one is something that I really had to think about because there's so many wonderful things um, but one of our guys here at, at our church in Florida had just gone up there and tried this and said it was so good. And that is the seafood pot pie in Ireland uh, from the Ireland Pavilion. And uh, this is a, a seemingly like, or it's called a fisherman's pot pie or something like that. Yeah, fisherman's um, pie. It's just a basic pot pie, you know, with the flaky crust and kind of a, a creamy inside. But it's got shrimp and lobster, or maybe it's just lobster. No, it's got something else. Tramp, two, lobster, two scallops, right? Or scallops and lobster. Anyway, it sounds delicious because I, I can imagine they're probably putting big chunks of it in there. Didn't you get that at uh, the Leaky Cauldron in Diagon Alley? Mm, I did, oh, yes. I got, he did, yeah. I oh. got the, um, bangers and mash. Oh, okay, okay. Fortunately. My bad. Yeah, I, I always love stuff like that. Fisherman's pie, meat pies. I only say that because I've tried most of the things I wanted to in China. I got the when I went with Jeremy a few weeks ago, I did the pot stickers and I did the little duck bun there. Mm -hmm. um, and I really avoid for some reason uh, I avoid when I think about things I want to try at food and wine, I avoid things that I can at least get a similar thing like anytime at Epcot. 
for instance, the Mexico Pavilion or Japanese Pavilion or something like that. But the Chinese Pavilion is an exception because they have those wonderful duck buns. So mm. I was trying to think of something that's only there at Food and Wine, and that's the seafood pot pie kept coming to the top of my list. You know what looks good at Ireland as well is the warm chocolate pudding with the Kerrygold Irish cream liqueur custard. Mm. Ooh, that... Two I mean, things that, that make that sound good. Liquor and custard. Mm. <laughs> that does look good. Fabulous. You can just keep the brownie thing. I just want the, the custard and the <laughs> stuff, the sauce. To me, I'm not a big mussels fan, so in New Zealand they have the steamed green lip mussels. That did not sound very good to me. They should um, leave lip out of there. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> green lip mussels. It probably has like a green rim on the... Yeah. I don't know why I did it to my lips, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even over, there's some cheese studio, some new booth called Cheese Studio, and they have cheese fondue with sourdough bread. I saw a picture, and it's like a tiny baguette, and yeah. then like just a little cup of like cheese sauce. <laughs> I'm like, that is the yes, lamest item. The uh, Florida booth is that Flower and Garden, where they have the little Florida with like shrimp and grits and things like that. Or did they change it to hops and barley? I mean, it used it used to be a food and wine, but it wasn't this year. I don't know. Hops and Barley has a Florida grass-fed beef slider, something, something. Ooh, there was that one at the very front that had a lot of good things. If you were just wanting some, like, American-style fare, I can't remember which one it was, but they had, like, a slider, some kind of fries, all these kind of, like, like just your general Applebee's appetizer right. snacks. If yeah. you're going to do that, just go to the electric umbrella. Ooh. You reference that restaurant <laughs> way too many times on this show. All right, well, those are our picks for the Food and Wine Festival 2015. If you have some, send them our way, and we'll tell you whether or not we agree with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because our opinion matters. Right, we're really good at passing judgment on this show. Yes. Uh, but you can always find us on Twitter at Mad Chatters and Facebook, and you can send any of your feedback or questions or concerns or your entry to our 50th sweepstakes over at comments at madchatters.net. And I think that's all. So thank you so much for listening. We will see you back here next week. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Via con Dios. Oh, Jeremy, is it okay if I introduce you first? Yeah. Okay. Welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. My name is Derek, and I'm joined by my fellow host, Jeremy. Oh, I'm so sorry. We were introducing. Hi. <laughs> um, hold on. I, I just had... gave you like a 30-second lead-in. I'm so sorry. I really was not paying attention at all. <laughs> Let me do that again. Do it again. I'm so sorry. I think I thought you were at introducing this like segment. That's what I thought well, too. Thank after you, the Matt. main I, introductions, I'm going to go straight into that thing. And okay, then I was okay. waiting on my name because I'm always first. And that's why else? I said, Jeremy, I'm going to introduce you first. We don't listen to you anymore. <laughs> oh, my word. Okay. Please say okay, Derek's okay. giving instructions. We can talk. <laughs> you like mute your microphone and just like talk to each other. Wait, how would that work? Never mind. Okay, go again. Okay. <laughs>